Well, Yola, thank you for joining us. I know we've shared your story with the Calvary family before, and they were so blessed by it. And uh, I, I wanted to talk with you because I think uh, you're an example of what we're talking about when we look into Jonah chapter 3 and extending mercy to people. It's not easy for us to extend mercy to. And so you go back to the Third Reich, right? Yes. You were a little girl, a young woman during the time of the, the Nazis. And we know of their... Um, the stories of the horrors that they did that are so infamous in our history books and documentaries. But you personally were touched by that. And uh, would you share a little with us about how you personally were affected as a young woman in Germany at that time? Well, it started already when I was a young child because in 1935, out of Hitler's uh, proclaimed these racial laws. My father was Jewish, my mother was a Christian, and so I was considered completely Jewish. Mm -hmm. And as a Jew, I was destined to be exterminated because Jews were not human. They no. were below humans. Oh. That's uh, how I lived from the time I was 12 till I was 19 years old. Believing at any moment you could be exterminated and eliminated because you were not human. Yes. The reason I am here to tell you this story is because God had other plans for my life. And he saved me through many miracles and through hiding. But uh, I had uh, lived from the time I was 14 till the end that was when I was 19, seven years, constantly under fear. Mm. Fear of being apprehended, taken to the concentration camp. I escaped narrowly, I mean really narrow. And then God showed me, they cannot touch you if I have my hand over you. But I still lived in fear all my youth. And you, you lived in fear, but you also began to realize, and even after the war, began to realize how many people you loved had been affected. People well, you knew, neighbors, but also people close to you. And talk about some of those, well, those ways that a, you were touched. Well, I have made a little list. Okay. So, uh, I, I appreciate that. Because when I, think... I left Germany, when I was 19, uh, 21, uh, I had lost loved ones. And friends, my best friend Erica was 17 years old, and her parents, they were Messianic Jews, were killed, murdered in Auschwitz. She wanted to be a musician. She played the violin beautifully. Oh. I lost my family. My father had gone to America at 38, and we were supposed to follow him within six months, but things didn't work out the way they had planned. And we were separated for nine years. And not knowing. You didn't know what was happening with him, and he didn't know what was no. happening with you. I lost my education because I couldn't go to school anymore, and I wanted to. I lost my home. It was bombed, and there was not a crumb left over. Hmm. I lost my security. I lived only from day to day trying to survive. I lost my feeling of belonging because... To them, I was a bug that had to be exterminated. I lost my ident identity as a human being because I was denied to be called a human being. And I lost, first of all, 
my trust in people mm. because even my friends could not help me. And so I could not trust people at all. But early in my life, I learned that way not to put my hope on people or on things or on all these different things. The only anchor I had was God in his word who told me at the worst time of my life, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, are the called according to his purpose. And although I could not see any good in my life, I knew this was just like a, a word from God for me at my particular time in life. And I clung to it like a lifesaver. It kept my head above the water. You know, you, you're affected personally, the fears, the, how that shapes uh, a young adolescent going through that season of life and your perspective on people in the world. And so I know you, were even, you even saw some of the horrors or heard about the horrors firsthand because as the American forces came in, you became a translator for them as they were talking to German guards from some of the concentration camps nearby, and you experienced hearing the horror of how they treated people, which added to the, the pain. But you're eventually, you and your mom are allowed to leave Germany as part of kind of, I think, the thank you, right, for helping yes. the American soldiers translate. And as you leave, what's your attitude? I can't imagine for this place where you lose your home, you lose your friends, you lose your dignity, you lose your your um, trust in people. What, what do you think of Germany as you leave and head toward the United States? I never forget that day. I was standing on the board of that little troop transporter that was filled with a thousand survivors of concentration camps. My mother and I were declared DPs, displaced persons. And as we were readying to leave Germany, I stood on the deck and looked how the lines were loosened. And I said, thank you, God, that I could live to see this day. I never thought I would. And here you made it possible for me to be a survivor. And I just thank you. This is the greatest day of my life. And then I turned and I said, I will never set foot on this country again. The wounds were too deep, and I didn't want it, and I wanted to have a life in liberty and freedom. Mm. And we came to America on the 3rd of 1947, and were reunited with my dad after nine long, terrible years. Wow. And so but you say good riddance to Germany, and all of us can understand why. I can understand that. When you get to the United States, you end up in the L.A. area, right? Yes. And um, you're invited eventually to uh, a young adults gathering because you're in your late teens, early 20s at this time. I, I was just 21, just turned 21. And you're invited to go to Hollywood Presbyterian Church. Yes. Um, at that time, there was a great teacher there. Oh, Named Henrietta Mears, one of the giants of the 20th century in and evangelicalism. And I was so blessed in looking back over my life to have her there at a time when I made life decisions. And she was the one who was really uh, the mentor of my spiritual life. 
I had been a Christian since I was 12 years because my mother was Christian and I was baptized when I was 12. But uh, here I had never met anybody like Henrietta Mears and she challenged us to give our lives to the Lord and to be excellent in everything and not to be ever mediocre. She always had I, this I idea. She was strong on that, wasn't yes, she? Yes, and I was there and uh, at, at Forest Home. Because she helped start Forest Home, correct? Yes, she started Forest Home. And there would Home. be waves of young adults go up for weekends, right? College age, young career age. Yes. Um, go up, it's equivalent to our young adults ministry yes. at Calvary and God was at work in those young lives. So here you are with a lot of other young people. You're at Forest Home Camp. A lot of our folks have been there. And Henry Mears is teaching at that retreat. She comes in one morning and it's a little different. She's not gonna teach. So what does she say? She said, I'm not gonna teach this morning. I want you to take your Bibles and go by yourself, find a quiet place and just let God talk to you. And you come back in one hour. And so I went down to where the little brook goes through the valley and I sat on a chair and I said, well, Lord, now you can talk to me. And it really happened that he showed me that my heart was not the way he liked to have it because I had said to him, I'm ready to be used by you. And he showed me he couldn't use me. Why? Well, because my heart was divided between hatred and love. Hatred for these people, love for those. And these that you hate are the ones who mistreated you and your, your people, the people, the Nazis, yes. the, the German people. Exactly. And I, I just said, I cannot forgive all this. And... The wounds are too deep. And it was like God said to me, well, finally, I got you where I wanted you to be because I never expected you to forgive. That's why I sent Jesus into the world. He's the only one that really deeply can forgive. When he was on the cross, he amidst all the pain and the terrible things that happened to him, asked God for forgiveness for his enemies. And so I want you to just take Jesus' forgiveness. And then I thought, well, in order to do that, I better confess all my sins first of hatred, of pride, of selfishness, lovelessness, all these things. And I confessed that and asked for forgiveness. And then it was like Jesus said, now put all the people that hurt you on the foot of the cross. Mm. And I remembered all these things that happened to me from childhood on when they threw the first rock at me and put me out of the air raid shelter during the bombing and all these things and the people Did you see specific faces of people and remember individuals? I remembered all these details that had happened and I laid them all at the foot of the cross. And then a miracle happened. That's the only way I can express it. 
I had started out a person with a heart of hatred, wanting to retaliate. And instead of that, it seemed like that water of that little brook went through my heart and cleaned out all the dirt that had been accumulating in there and filled it with the unconditional love of God himself. Mm. And instead of hatred, I suddenly was filled with love for my enemies. This is something no willpower, no psychology can do. This is really a miracle of God. Wow. And I went back after an hour. So they regather after the hour. Everybody's gone out. You've gone down by the little brook sitting on the rock. Everybody comes back in. God's done a miracle in your heart, which is, is very convicting for me to hear myself. And you come in, and everybody regathers. And then what happens? And Retta Mears had a big map of the whole world on the wall, and she says, I challenge you to write your name on one place in this world that you want to be responsible for in prayer or in practical help. So you're looking at the world map, and she says, after that hour out there and everything, now where are you going to go for Jesus and be of help, his hands and feet? That's right. And so what happens to you as she says this? I knew there was only one place I could go. And I went up to that wall and I put my name over the city of Berlin, my hometown. Oh, Germany. Germany. The place you had said goodbye, good riddance. Yes. Never again. Never again. And so (laughs) then... Never say never. No, never say never. (laughs) Never say never. And... I mean, that's a miracle that God draws your heart to that map and you go, now, some of them might say, okay, that's good intentions, but then you and your husband get married, you meet your husband, you get married, he senses the same call you sense, Yes. and you go to Germany in what year? 1959, we were invited to do some youth work in in, uh, Germany, and so we came back with, I mean, we went there with three children, who didn't speak a word of German, (laughs) had to go to German schools and no financial support. But we had to learn practically what it means to trust God, even financially and in all other ways. Because you're going as missionaries. We went. You've got some supporters back here. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have time to Oh, so you went and trust the Lord. We went trusting the Lord. Had to build that later, huh? (laughs) Well, he made He made it so we could survive. And uh, my husband worked then for Billy Graham for 17 years. Oh, they're in Germany. In Germany. Now you then have a special role of your own that develops while you're there. Because of your past, because of what God had done in your heart, what becomes the focus of your ministry and your life while in Germany? I asked the Lord, what do you want me to talk about to these people? And it came very clear, forgiveness and reconciliation. And so I went back and I talked to all the German young people we could reach and it became a thriving kind of a ministry. And for 25 years, I shared the forgiveness and the unconditional love that God had given me with all these young people. 
till my husband died in 1985, and then I came back here, but then I was called back to Germany to, to head a new missionary organization that I worked for 23 years for in uh, uh, traveling all over Germany, speaking to thousands of women, and always the same thing, forgiveness and reconciliation. And not in your own will and power, because you can't do it. No. But in the same forgiveness you've experienced, That's right. you now extend to God That's right. to people that hurt you deeply, demoralized you, destroyed your home, destroyed people you loved. And how long did you then, how many years total did you serve in Germany with your husband and then when you went back? 53 years. And, wow. Uh, I still would be there, but with 92, traveling is kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Germany's loss has been Calvary's gain because I know you've had a number of opportunities to share your story at Calvary in the community, at Oaks Christian School in their yes. World War II class, in civic groups, and on the radio, uh, yes. on KKLA and other places. And I can tell you, everyone who hears your story is blessed, moved, convicted, and I hope even even uh, this weekend at Calvary, as your story is shared, I hope we see that you had the change of heart that Jonah never had. He did the rote work, he checked off the box, but even at the end of this book, he's still complaining that God would ever consider forgiving these people where God changed your heart so you could extend the mercy and grace to them. What would you say, now I know too, before I get to that, I know too that you were honored by the president of Germany, yes. and you were given a a medal from the government, the Order of Bundesverdienstkreuz. And what does that mean? Do you know what that means? <laughs> it's the highest civilian order. Yes, and I think uh, uh, you were given that yes. for what you had done voluntarily yes. in coming back to Germany yes. and helping with reconciliation and forgiveness. Yes, and how incredible! And I believe that it probably can't be proven scientifically, but I believe what you did, at first it was West Germany, right? West and West, later on And both. then later when the wall falls, but I think what you did in West Germany was some of the groundwork, the seeds being planted, and there were probably others deeper into the Soviet Union and other places, but you were a part of God's plan to bring down that wall yes. and for Germany to be reunified yeah. as it was going heart to heart through your ministry and the ministry. I know there were others with you. But um, I want to say to you, thank you, and you deserve more medals. And, oh. uh, and I, I know one day there are going to be many crowns you're going to have in glory, but I know what you're going to do with those crowns too, right? I lay them at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And that's what we'll all do. And uh, so thank you. What would you say to folks who are hearing us talk about this? And we've talked about Jonah chapter 3 and the idea of extending God's mercy to others when you don't feel like it, when you don't want to, when there is that hatred, what would you encourage them to do to would, find that same miracle and healing in their own hearts? I would say, start today and say, I will forgive. It starts with your will. Right. Your emotions may take a long time to follow your will, but Jesus commands us, to forgive. And if we want to be a follower of Jesus, we have to obey his command. So start with this, I will forgive this person that hurt me today. 
Mm -hmm. And you will see God will take care of your emotions. And, and it'll be over time, like you said. Over time. You'll go up and down. Okay, this feels good. All oh, this doesn't feel so good. It and look, they hurt me. Long time. Long time. But you say God will take care of those emotions. Yes, because there are some emotions that are too deep for us to reach. Mm. But he can deal with that even. So you won't even dream about uh, hate. Mm. So you decide now to obey yes. and forgive. Yes. And then allow God to take care of your emotions over yes. time. Anything yes. else? Or I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think uh, you will see how your life changes, how your attitude towards the people will change, and God will use you instead of a blockade as a blessing, and there will be rivers of living waters flowing from you. This is what God intended from people to be. Yes, yes. And let me ask you um, if you described how you felt when you left and those, those ropes were released as you headed out into the North Sea with all those, those survivors yeah. and you look back at Germany with that disgust and hatred and resentment and you say good riddance. Now what do you say to the people of Germany? You know... What, what is was, your attitude the toward The first time I returned to Berlin with my husband, I was scared. Would it really come out it? of you? Yes, <laughs> right? Would yeah. I? And so I came to the same places, and the sadness was terrible mm. to face it all. And the sadness has never left me. Mm -hmm. I can cry at the moment drop when I think about it. But in my reaction was different. Instead of hating these people, I had what I can only call divine compassion. Mm. Compassion that drove me to go back and tell them about Jesus because they didn't know him. Mm. They were not followers of Jesus or else they could have never done what they did. And I knew him. And I wanted to share that with them. And that's why we returned. And that's why I can only say God can do miracles in our lives if we give him the chance. Amen. And so you once hated them, and now how do you feel about them? Not hate? I'm happy that God asked me to do these things because... I have a fulfilled, satisfying, and wonderful, and, oh, I don't know how to express it, life with him, even today in my old age. Okay. Wonderful. It's just a, a, a great, great gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to serve him till my last breath. Amen. Thank you. You are... Uh, challenge, a challenge in a good way. You are a blessing and encouragement. And um, I, I'm going to be asking God this week to work in my life in those pockets of hatred to bring that healing and make that decision to willfully forgive and allow God to take care of the emotions. And I hope many in our body who are wrestling with that kind of hatred and resentment and a grudge to find that same release and joy that you found in the Lord. Thank you, Yola. Okay. Blessings. Thank you for letting me.